They said we were weird. That our look, our choices, our sounds wouldn't work. But music told me to listen to the Going Off podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Darren, Grammy season has finally come to a close. Glory, hallelujah. Music's biggest night! <laughs> da, da, da. That's, that's a damn shame. <laughs> oh no, the state of things. Nowhere to go but down. Look, as I'm looking at this, this award, all I'm thinking is, all the bigwigs, they're seeing this America train ain't working out. So they're packing all their shit, getting ready to leave, but they're putting on one last show for all the underlings, you know, for all the poor folks. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what? we had a lot of fun when it lasted, didn't we? <laughs> well, anyway, all these companies have divested to uh, Ireland and all this shit, so uh, peace out, bitches. You fucking made me think of, and I know you're going to know what, what I'm talking about because we talked about Little Rascals before. If you like the show, we'll pay as you come out. You mean pay as we exit? Yeah. Hey, Yeager, that's our slogan. Yeah! <laughs> I'm going to see if I can uh, go over the high points and low points. But before we do that, uh, there's a little bit of backstory, a little bit of uh, stories that happened before the show, after the show, during the show, uh, that aren't related to the awards or the stories, per se. The producer of the show, uh, looking like a big-time heel, looking like the fucking Vince McMahon of the WWE here. So with Ariana Grande, uh, she was supposed to perform. The producer went online and was like, hey, you know, we just couldn't come to an agreement and it looked like we were going to be making a decision last minute and I didn't think she'd be able to pull together something last minute so we decided to go with another thing. And Ariana Grande was like, excuse me, I gave you three fucking songs I could have performed and you shot down all my ideas so I'm fucking staying home. And instead of going to the fucking award show, she just spent her whole night on Instagram taking pictures of her in her Grammys dress. Uh, I guess she was watching, though. She was still watching the show because Ariana Grande took to Twitter. It was uh, when Cardi B won for Best Rap Album of the Year. She tweeted just two tweets that said trash and another one that said total bullshit, which people took as uh, Ariana Grande being pissed that they snubbed Mac Miller. Oh. Some took it as a diss to Cardi, which she clarified, and she was like, no, it wasn't towards Cardi. It was about they invited Mac Miller's family out to be in the audience, and they didn't even give him the award. Yeah, it's like, that, that's well, that's not guaranteed, that. you know? But, I mean... Yeah, I would say don't invite him if you don't... Because, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure when, you know, Heath Ledger died, like, it was like, all right, bring the family, we're, we're, we're going to give it to him, you know what I mean? Right, yeah, th this is different. Um, and Nicki Minaj also had a little, uh, a little back and forth here. She put the producer on blast, uh, over his public disapproval of one of her old performances and clarifying that that's why she hasn't been invited to perform since. I'm not sure which performance it was that he didn't like. I feel pretty and witty, I slay and I pity any girl with me. It's hard to tell the difference between the award shows anymore, so I'm like, I'm thinking of performances, and I'm like, no, I think that was VMAs. I remember hearing something about the BET Awards. She was going in on them. BET went to Twitter after Cardi won Best Rap Album of the Year and dissed 
Nikki to when Nikki responded and said, uh, well, I'm not performing at your fucking music festival. How about that? Uh, so BET quickly was like, oh, so sorry. <laughs> 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 BET, you tried to act like you had like, <laughs> like you had some leverage. <laughs> It's okay, we can afford to just the- Oh, she said what? <laughs> the other thing I'd mentioned, uh, Childish Gambino, Drake, and Kendrick Lamar publicly said that they would not perform at the Grammys. Yeah, it was looking real sparse this year. <laughs> According to the show's producer, the fact of the matter is we continue to have a problem in the hip-hop world. When they don't take home the big prize, the regard of the Academy and what the Grammys represent continues to be less meaningful in the hip-hop community, which is sad. Oh, in the hip-hop world, is that the only category where it's an issue? Oh, word? Or maybe they're just the only ones taking you to task on your bullshit. You ever think about that? I would be willing to suggest you got some problems in the rock world if Greta Van <laughs> yeah, Fleet dude. is going home with the best rock album. What the fuck? I just saw somebody say, like, literally none of the rock albums that were nominated were, like, what anyone would call, like, the best of the year. You don't have Kendrick performing, which is a shame, because Kendrick's performance from last year's was one of the fucking best in recent memory. No, there there had to have been some sort of blackout, because that's way too many big names not doing anything. Drake's not going to perform, but he's still going to go to the show and accept awards? Yeah, somebody made a point. They said, um... Y'all submit y'all work to the Grammys every fucking year, but then y'all, in y'all songs, in y'all speeches, y'all talking about fucking Grammys. You can't say fucking Grammys and you submit your shit every fucking year. And then you go, you go so quick, you run, y'all so run so quick to go accept the goddamn award in front of everybody. I'm just like... It don't make no sense. It's not just Drake doing the shit. It's just a lot of our faves who talk about fuck the grand, but they're trying to make sure that they still get nominated. So what is what is the actual truth? You can't tell somebody. And it's so interesting to me. How are you going to be the one with all the clout, the money, the power, and all the awards? And then as you get another award, you use that speech to tell them that they don't need awards. Girls, like, okay, girl, you if you really believe that, you wouldn't be walking your ass up to get the award. So how are you going to tell other people that they don't, they don't need the awards? That was Adrian Expression. You can't be talking out of both sides of your face here, being like, oh yeah, these fucking awards. It's really about what the people in the streets, if the everyday person is still, like, taking a day off work and going to your show and you know that's mm. what really matters it's like well you're still fucking mm. sitting in the audience waiting for your goddamn name to be called so you can't fucking <laughs> be acting all big and bad um but i mean I, 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 and i was gonna say uh at, at on in one point like well maybe you think of it as like hey it's the biggest award show night you know i am literally the biggest star like I gotta be here. If the Grammys say don't say you know Drake is at least nominated for something, and I just put out last uh, an album last year, even if it's the even if it's the wackest album of all time, even if Michael Jackson put out the wackest album of all time in 1988, y you're still gonna at least like see it nominated. You know what I mean? Like it's the, it's the biggest star. If they're not there, something would definitely be wrong. Well, see, here's the thing: when you look at Ariana Grande and Childish Gambino, Kendrick Lamar, they don't need the Grammys. The Grammys need them, and Ooh. they know no one's fucking watching if you don't got the big names performing. I'm gonna say the the whole night was a mixed bag. Uh, the performances, half and half, and we'll get into that. Um, but first, I gotta mention our host, our gracious host, Alicia Keys, doing her damnedest. 
at first I was thinking like Alicia Keys, she's not the most charismatic pop star. You know what I mean? But dude, she pulled together some shit. I loved. I absolutely love, love, love the moment when she was doing the compilation of like, man, I wish I would have wrote that song. And if I did, it would have sounded like this. I was like, that, that's so cool. Like, I liked having them, especially when she did the transition from um, In My Feelings to Boot Up. Like, that was, you could tell that was a moment of like, I was sitting in the studio one day and I was like, man, I heard these two songs. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if someone did like a mashup or something? Eh, that'll never happen. You know, like, you could tell that was like a genuine moment of, oh shit, I'm hosting awards. Yo, I'm going to do that thing that I was thinking of. You know what I mean? I got a different impression. And not to say I didn't like the performance. I thought it was interesting playing the two pianos at the same time. But for as long as it went on, the only thing that was going in my head was, this is because Ariana Grande canceled. Ah, <laughs> true. They're trying to fill some time. But look, hey, if you need to fill time, you might as well get someone who's talented. You know what I mean? She was singing fucking Juice World at one point. And I was like, oh, snap. This sounds pretty good. Hey, is this that little Uzi Vert? Oh, no, Juice World. Oh, God, that's even... <laughs> oh, no. I'm not supposed to like songs with this person. Well, we got opening first out of the gate. Alicia Keys comes out and she goes... I want to introduce you to some of my sisters. And she brings out Lady Gaga, Jada Pinkett Smith, Michelle Obama, and J-Lo. These four ladies stand in a row and they give a very brief statement on the importance of music and what it means to them. And Lady Gaga goes first. And uh, that's what I was quoting at the beginning of the show. She was trying to set that energy in a line full of women of color, Lady Gaga is trying to fucking... <laughs> she's throwing her arm out there. She's trying to look all hip and with it. People have speculated because if you watch clips and videos that people were taking on their cell phones throughout the night, or just Lady Gaga when she was performing or accepting awards, she was either drunk as fuck, on something high... I don't know. She was living her best life and, and didn't care if anyone else uh, noticed. <laughs> she's Lady fucking Gaga. Again, the Grammys need her. She don't need them. She's just going there and having a good time. It was an awkward segment, though, because Keys didn't really explain what was going on. She just <laughs> brought them out and was like, hey, here are my sisters. And they just say things. J-Lo... And the opposite side of the spectrum, like, gives the most bland yeah, fucking what answer. What is J-Lo doing here? Why is everyone trying to shove in J-Lo? <laughs> like, was this supposed to be some comeback that was supposed to have happened in the last year? And it, like, didn't happen? And they're like, oh, shit, we already had her planned for the appearance. Not that I can think, man. Unless I fucking miss something. But between Lady Gaga and J-Lo, you've got Michelle Obama, who... Before she even gets her first sentence out, she she gets three words, I think, out. And she fucking gets the Stone Cold Steve Austin pop from that audience. Like, holy shit, bust out of their fucking seats. And they are losing their goddamn minds. And Michelle, even at one point, is like, we got a show to put on here, folks. <laughs> like, you gotta fucking l let me get this line out, please. If the previous first lady arrived at my birthday party, I, I mean, I, there would be a standing ovation for a pretty fucking long time. I, I can tell you that. <laughs> That's how Alicia Keys starts things off, but the actual show itself opened up with a performance by uh, Camila Cabello performing Havana up for uh, at least a couple of awards. They do this whole big, oh, it's like in the barrio, it's it's like, oh, I'm just walking through this apartment building, I'm going to walk through all these different rooms, and we have a live band, and we're doing the fucking horns and all that. Young Thug comes out, and like, 
the whole stage thing is a big fucking stage setup. It's huge. They don't even zoom in for a second to even, like, get a close-up on Young Thug. It's so funny. They're just like, nah, we're not sacrificing this shot for him. He's barely, he barely has a part in this song. We're just going to keep the wide until he fucking leaves. Then, out comes Ricky Martin. And he performs a little part of the song. Or maybe it's like a little part of his own song. Met with a mediocre crowd pop. Yeah, he's not Cuban. Like, what? You know, Spanish people, you know? Well, then they follow it up with J Balvin from I Like It. This is maybe, if you ask me, where you get J-Lo to perform. Okay, that's a very good fucking point. This is a very good point. They, they were real scattershot with this. First of all, yeah. how many, like, actual, you know, mu- musicians could they have hired to actually fill that little quota of the thing, right? And then, moving on to fucking Motown... How many actual black musicians, or at least motherfuckers that know how to sing, fuck not, fuck even being black, because, you know, we got Tina Marie and all them type of cats, you know what I mean? Yeah. Being able to fucking sing, that's not J-Lo's lane. Dude. That's never been, even back then, remember when Jamie Foxx was joking in that one comedy special, it was like, um, P. Diddy confronted him, he's like, you said uh, J-Lo couldn't sing, and Jamie Foxx hit him with the... I mean, face. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, come on, we all kind of know. So what the fuck? That was a joke 19 years ago. What the fuck is she doing here? Say, oh, let me represent for Motown. No. Get Janelle Monae on that fucking stage. Get fucking Jennifer Hudson. If you're talking Motown, big name in Motown, Michael Jackson. Get Janet in there. What? What happened? Anybody, even remotely adjacent. And, and then, like, what was, like, Smokey Robinson? Like, are you the one Motown dude left alive or something? I'm pretty sure there's some other guys, right? What? Then we got our first presenters of the night. From the Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, Patriots Man of the Year, Devin McCourty, and Super Bowl 53 MVP, Julian Edelman. It's music's biggest night. <laughs> They come out to a mixed response, uh, some cheers, some booze. <laughs> it's the, like the people are just like, wait, are these like industry guys we don't know the names of or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> some fucking lunkheads come out. They give Lady Gaga the award for what was it, like best, uh, best pop performance. Then the crowd was not ready for Janelle Monet. Fucking Lady Gaga in the audience fucking popping out of her goddamn seat for this shit. I've seen this song performed so many times already. And it never gets stale. It never gets old. She is top fucking tier when it comes to these live performances. I wanted to bring up uh, Dolly Parton, though, because I wanted to say, can we make her a music producer or something? She needs to be in charge of keeping these motherfuckers in line. Because when she showed up, all these pop stars, all of a sudden, they fucking knew how to sing out of goddamn nowhere. Fucking Miley is all up in her, you know, alto low range and shit, singing with, uh, uh, working with her on the Jolene track. I love that shit. Katy Perry, some people were like, oh, she's over singing. I was like, she's finally singing is what you should fucking be saying. (laughs) She could have stayed in the fucking back. Hey, hey, at the very fucking least, it was trying. I was just like, oh my God, there's effort being put into this performance. What is this that I'm seeing in front of me? People attempting. What I saw was Dolly Parton standing between Casey Musgraves and Katy Perry as they show you 
why Casey Musgraves is up for a Best Album Grammy and Katie was not up for any. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could kind of tell Katie was kind of doing that to be like, uh, I need to overcompensate because here's someone who can sing. <laughs> Look at me, I, I can do a little thing too. You know, but I was like, ah, that's cool. Like, it was like, you know what I mean? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. We're skipping an awkward moment, but we'll get back to it. Uh, with Dolly Parton, she, she does this thing which does go on for a little too long. She's an amazing performer. She's had an amazing career. She deserves the accolades. If you want to have her do a fucking 20-minute, 30-minute fucking thing, fine, whatever. But it did get a little old, and the audience looked like they were getting a little tired of it. Yeah, but, I, I will say, it didn't. It, it did not feel like she had the energy the whole time. Oh, sure. No, of course not. I mean, she she's getting up there, too. Yeah, and it was just like, yeah, that's what it felt like. It was just like, anytime I was just like... It doesn't feel like she's, like, uh, really getting into it, but it was just like, I mean, what are you, what are you going to ask from her? Like, look, she's still got, she's still singing the notes. She's still resonating those notes. That's what she's got for you, all right? If you've got Casey Musgraves and you've got Miley Cyrus, who is country adjacent, or at least Dolly Parton is her, like, godmother, so she's fine. I'm like, good, good. Stay over in that country lane. Don't fucking act like you know anything about what the fuck you were doing a couple of years ago. But then you got Katy Perry as, as the odd woman out. Now, my suggestion, why would you have Katy Perry when you could have Kesha? And I don't even know if Kesha was there, but my point is, on Kesha's album, she does a duet with Dolly Parton. And why is it relevant? It's because Kesha's mom wrote songs for Dolly Parton. Oh my back God. Back in the day. There's your connection. There's your in. All these missed fucking opportunities. <laughs> and going back to Miley, like, again, I, I don't want to give her too much shit. I, I don't know if Jolene should ever be performed that fast. <laughs> Every time you say something, I'm thinking like, man. <laughs> like, I, I shouldn't be hearing Jolene, 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 and, and fucking, come on, everybody. Like. This is yeah, and it feel like something needed to be cut. Like, it was just like, are y'all performing the whole song? Like, do y'all think y'all got the chemistry for that? Like, who's talking about who? What's the, did y'all think about how this would work? Like, is, is Dolly Parton talking about Miley Cyrus? Or is Miley Cyrus, well, well, when she talks about Jolene, Don't Steal My Man, is she talking to Dolly Parton? They did the awkward, we're just going to sing to each other bit, which is kind of weird. <laughs> oh, we didn't think about what the song was about, did we? <laughs> then they put a nice little bow on it, doing nine to five. They got everybody involved, and they did, a whole, they did a whole thing, and that's when they did the pan of the audience, and they just looked, they were ready to move oh, the fuck God. on. Look, these uncultured swine, they don't understand country. <laughs> After that, you got her and Cardi B, which both had fucking phenomenal performances. They did really well. I gotta give it to them. I, I, uh, I, they, I didn't see that one. All I heard was something about, like... Man, fucking Offset, like... Oh, boy, Offset. Uh, we, oh, like, no. the fucking... The way I was fucking uh, tugging at my collar as I just said, it was like, uh, uh, but I thought she was leaving him, and she's just not now, and we're just gonna act like it's all good? Oh, okay, oh, no, all right. When Cardi went up there to accept her Rap Album of the Year award... And Offset was just standing there awkwardly, like, like what the fuck almost, are you even almost doing as there? if in defiance. 
<laughs> you didn't want me here, did you? <laughs> and what? Oh man, I saw a video of uh, it was during the red carpet, and Cardi and Offset are walking, and every paparazzi is just Cardi, 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 uh. and she's just walking, and then there's like three people. And then Offset is just, like, pulling up the rear, walking up, and just nobody gives a shit. Oh, don't cheat on your wife when she lets you fuck other girls more than once, and you still just, you still decide not to communicate with her. Fucking, relationship advice with Rap Critic, communication is key, people. Chloe and Haley sing their fucking hearts out. I was not familiar with them before that performance, but I thought they did a great job. No one is talking about, and it is a damn shame. Dua Lipa and St. Vincent? I didn't hear about that at all. No one's talking about their fucking steamy-as-fuck performance. So what you got here is Dua Lipa is doing her One Kiss song, and I'm not sure the name uh, of St. Vincent's song, but they sound just similar enough that St. Vincent's doing the guitar to Dua Lipa's song, and then Dua Lipa's like, singing and she got the backup and they're doing a duet at one point and they're like rubbing up a fucking kenst each other and shit no one's talking about this how is no one it, it must have been late in the show that people stopped paying attention but dude like th there's no excuse we're on the last two awards and alicia keys is like running back and forth like all right and this one like she's just we're trying to meet that fucking deadline but what i forgot to mention earlier there's a really awkward segment where uh Alicia Keys comes out and she tells the story that she was up for like best new artist or song or whatever and John Mayer won it instead of her. So John Mayer went up, accepted the award and was like, hey, you know, th this award really belongs to Alicia Keys. So what he did was he broke the award in half, like he took the gramophone thing off the stand and gave Alicia Keys the top and kept the bottom half with his name on it. And they were like, hey, now we both got half of the award or whatever. As she's telling the story... John Mayer comes out and is like, hey, I brought the other half. Oh, we're going to put it together. And like the crowd just doesn't fucking care. <laughs> this might be cute and sentimental for you two, but we don't know what the fuck's going on. That's something you tell the story. That's not that's not a really heartfelt ending to the story because it's like John Mayer's not really like a like if it was like, oh, you know, I gave this uh, I, I shared half of this with fucking um, uh, you know, someone who's, like, more legendary, you know what you I mean? You can go with Michael Jackson again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, this if Michael Jackson was alive, and then Michael Jackson comes on stage, that's a big Whoa. fucking deal. Yeah. So they present the award for uh, Song of the Year, which happened to be the first rap song ever to win Song of the Year in This Is America. Uh, and then because Gambino isn't there... <laughs> John Mayer and Alicia Keys just accept the award on his behalf and then awkwardly walk back into the position to introduce the next act. It was uh, so weird. Uh, like, Alicia Keys is walking to the side of the stage and you can see directors like, no, go back, go back. And she's like, oh, uh, okay. And the whole time she's like, childish, where are you? Like, she has no idea he's oh, not there. Oh, no, she didn't know. Oh, no. Uh, and, and then Janelle Monet gets robbed for album of the year. And oh, <laughs> get, that, that, that's where you know that shit's legitimate. Get that, get this fucking award to the fuck out of my face. <laughs> she got a goddamn Beach Boy on her fucking out. Get this shit out of my face. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. We got to go over our predictions and how wrong. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrong! 
wrong! <laughs> we didn't do very well. Uh, record of the year, we were both wrong. Uh, for record of the year, you picked uh, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper uh, and Shallow, and I picked Zed and Marin Morris and Gray and The Middle. And it ended up being This Is America. I thought I said something like, if they're going for something edgy, they'll go with This Is America. But if they want to be safe, they'll go with Lady Gaga, right? I think the one that's actually going to win is your girl uh, and, and Bradley Cooper uh, actor oh. trying to turn singer Eddie Murphy looking as. Wrong! I wrote it down as I was listening to it, editing it. I'm pretty sure your final answer was shallow. Okay, okay. Album of the year, we both picked Black Panther, and we were wrong. Oh. Song of the year, you picked all uh, Brandy Carlisle and the joke. <laughs> I remember being confident in that one. You were. You were dead set on that fucking Brandy Carlisle. You were like, this boring ass shit, that's gotta be it. And no. Wait, 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 who won? Uh, song of the year was This Is America. Oh, okay, okay. Best new artist, I predicted BB Rexa. You uh, you predicted Georgia Smith, and it ended up being uh, Dua Lipa, who Ooh, okay. was who I wanted to win, okay. so, you know, you know. Yeah, that was one where I was just like, ah, they'd never. <laughs> uh, best pop solo performance, uh, we're both wrong again. I predicted Ariana Grande's God is a Woman. You predicted Beck Colors. <laughs> I want to say Lady Gaga won that I think that was the first one they presented. Bublin and King's Dead were uh, were tied for oh. best rap performance. We both picked uh, Drake's Nice For What. Wrong! Best pop solo performance. The winner uh, was Lady Gaga for uh, Joanne. Not the soundtrack. Yeah, fucking going back a ways. I could have swore that song was older, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. When did we review that? <laughs> Best rap slash sung performance. We both picked Kendrick Lamar and SZA, All the Stars. Mm. And it ended up being This is America by Childish Gambino oh, again. Oh, oh, your boy Child. Is he the media darling? Finally. Fucking finally. Best rap song. We both picked God's Plan and we were both right. Hey, we got one. <laughs> and uh, here's the tiebreaker where I come one ahead oh. in in best rap album. I predicted it would be Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy, and you predicted it would be Mac Miller, Swimming, yeah. and it ended up being Cardi B. Look at that. But with that said, man, uh, here's to another Grammy season in the books, and we'll be obligated to pay attention this time again next year because we have a podcast and for no other particular reason. Darren, we have two albums this week to discuss. One is a Patreon-requested album review, and another is a new release. And uh, this week's Patreon request comes from your Patreon, which happens to be patreon.com slash Rap Critic, you can check out that page or mine, uh, patreon.com slash muse for details to see how you can request an album to be talked about on the show. Darren, what is your request for this week? Brandon, hey, thank you for your request. Uh, slightly perplexed because I am the rap critic and uh, the person asked me to review After Laughter by Paramore and I'm just like, I mean, okay, but okay, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the most pop, poppity, pop, pop, pop album. <laughs> and it's like, is, is this a challenge? <laughs> I don't think we've ever done pop rock, pop punk. I don't think we've ever reviewed that on the show. And granted, 
this does lean much more towards pop than punk. Very much more towards pop. In fact, one could say in possibly antiquated version of pop. You know what? That's the thing, man. They got a lot of different sounds on this album. A lot of it kind of sounds like like disco throwback. Yeah, and I was just like, uh... It, uh, no, some of it sounded like um, like the worst parts of like the most gaudy, annoying '80s, you know, pastel throwback type of shit. You know what I mean? Whoa, Dude, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait! Oh, the first three tracks, bro. They sounded like cod reggae through and through. Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. The worst parts? <laughs> Darren, I, th- I, I think. Oh no! Is it <sighs> happening? 189, oh, no. 189 episodes was a really good run, but uh, <laughs> I think this might have to be it. Dude, I loved this album. Oh, my God. What? What? We, we've, we've clearly got oh, no. some different tastes when it comes to what you refer to as 80s pastel. Like, dude, that's my fucking aesthetic. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So for for hard times, rose colored boy, told you so. Uh, going down the line, um, fucking grudges pool. You were feeling that. I was. I fucking bought a copy. <laughs> Let me quote a lyric, then. I don't even know how I'm gonna be able to feel about it if you're fucking uh, taking up issue with the lyrics. Now, granted, with with, with, with told you so. What part? Where, where every line ends with the you with the you and it's you didn't like that. What the fuck was that? Oh, I like that. That was so fucking awkward. <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm listening to this album and I was like, all right, it's kind of corny and a little, woo, dee, dee, dee. and I'm like, okay, I don't even know how to fucking describe it. It's just kind of like, all right, this is like, this is like everything is awesome, like from the Lego movie, but like <laughs> completely unironically. Out of the first three tracks, Told You So did get my lowest rating, but I don't know. I still thought like what you're talking about, the... What you can't describe. To me, I would just describe as fun and infectious because that, that that's how it hits me. I will say that the lyrics on the album are probably, when I listen to an album like this, the least important. Um, it's what I listen to or what I care about the least because it's so fucking varied instrumentation-wise. Like, on fucking hard times, if you listen close enough, you can hear synth- bongos, xylophone, tambourines for a pop punk band. This is like, they fucking went above and beyond instrumentation wise. Rose Colored Boy though is hands down. I fucking love that song. It's my favorite on the whole album. Okay, so I gave this, I'm, I'm going to jump ahead. I gave this a 3.33333. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. And four tracks, the first four. Four tracks I wasn't with. I was paying more attention to the the musicality of it. Like in Forgiveness, uh, I just didn't like, like, it was going for a rockabilly sort of sound, but it was like really soft. It was like Dixie Chicks, light, 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 light. See, I, I didn't even pick up on, like, on a country thing. I just liked how fucking smooth everything went. Like the fucking lyrics are just like flowing and the music just, it was, it was buttery. It was like fucking butter. It got to track five, Fake Happy. And there was a fucking sea change. Like, I legitimately loved that song to the point where I was like, wait, were the first three songs, like, supposed to be a joke? Like, you know what I- <laughs> Wow. 
Because oh, excuse me, the first four songs. Because I was like, this one felt so much more. The writing in it was so much more biting, and it was so much more honest, and just like. You know, and it was just like, oh, yeah, I'm dealing with this shit, and I'm not fucking happy. And I'm just, like, is everyone just pretending to be happy, too? And it's just like, I'm not actually going through this alone, and we just, it's like, I love that sort of vulnerability, and that sort of, um, it, it was a lot more striking. And then, fucking 26, I threw that one on my playlist immediately. I was like, oh, oh shit. Man, that one, that, the, oh, all, all I can say are those goddamn strings. Dude, I can't even describe it. Ooh. Like, it starts off like, yeah, it's, it's some really cool strings going on in the background. If you're listening, you know, like, you pick up on that. But then by the fucking end, when it's like all there is and it's just swelling or like, oh my god. It, it's, it's almost kind of what I wish would have happened in uh, Ariana's album. We'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so, and then, uh... Yeah, when I got to pool, I was like, I, my note, uh, the note I wrote was, hey, why do I like this album all of a sudden? Dude, that fucking song, it starts out sounding like a goddamn ice cream truck. Did you, uh, did yeah, you pick up on that? the load shit, oh uh, yeah. Dude, between that and talking about pools and water and everything and the album cover and just the overall aesthetic, like, this fucking felt like sitting in the fucking summer eating a goddamn popsicle from the fucking ice cream truck, but dude, like when you're we're talking when you're talking about the vulnerability and fake happy, I got a lot of that in forgiveness too. And what I liked about fake happy, which maybe this is like a concept thing, I don't know, but it's kind of a rehash of Rose Colored Boy lyrically. What you got here is the polar opposite in how it's presented, because with Rose Colored Boy it's extremely upbeat and poppy and dancey and fake happy. Not so much. It starts with a really, like, yeah. lo-fi recording, oh, and then it so, transitions yeah. into, yeah, it, it's happy-ish. Like, it's not uh-huh. really, but, you know. If I go out tonight, dress up my fears, you think I look all right with these mascara tears? See, I'm going to draw my lipstick wider than my mouth, and if the lights are low, they'll never see me frown. That mm. was a lyric that I loved. I was That's like, so Ooh. good. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. I hear you. <laughs> There's a line in Pool that I really liked. And, I mean, just talk about the imagery and the overall feel. The, 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 the drumming in this one was simple, but it fit and it was effective. The line, you are the wave I could never tame. If I survive, I'll dive back in. A song just called Pool. You wouldn't really think, it, it's very unassuming, but there's so much going on, and just, oh my god, from going to pool to grudges, where it's like, another really great drum beat, like, by the end of it, how fucking intense the drumming gets, like, it was originally like a three and a half, I bumped that shit up to a four just because of the drumming. The fucking, woo, into the fucking chorus, I loved that. It, like, the energy on this shit is so fucking good. It's so high energy. Going into fucking Caught in the Middle. Did you hear, like, accordion in the background of that one? The first note I wrote was, uh, I was just thinking, you know, I haven't uh, written down many of the lyrics. And I think other than Rose Colored Boy, you know, the lyrics didn't particularly, like, stand out or pop out to me. Then the first lyric is this, in this one is, I can't think of getting old. It only makes me want to die. And I can't think of who I was. It only makes me want to cry. I was like... Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there, there it is. Jot, jot, jot. <laughs> and, and again, like a song with an opening line like that, it still feels fun as shit. It's got like a sort of island type vibe. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote down that it sounds like Tide is High by Blondie. Again, very simple, 
guitar riff, but it goes a long way. I think what I like most about the album is how it manages to have such fun, upbeat sounding songs, but the subject matter is so not that. Do you, uh, do you watch Adventure Time at all? Yes. Does this album not sound like if they made, like, an Adventure Time movie and, like, this is the soundtrack to it? You know, it it does have a lot of the same tones. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. It it does match up a good bit. (laughs) There would be more, uh, uh, you know, chip tune on it, but you you get the idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a bit more ukulele. Like an idol worship where it's, like, it's kind of spooky and it's kind of got, like, what sound like organs going on and... It's such a fun sounding song, but then like Haley's delivery goes from goes to like borderline screaming at tense points at, yeah. at the end of the lines, and then it goes straight into like la la la, <laughs> like what what you were just screaming, and then it like immediately goes la la, like like I love that. I love the juxtaposition of like I'm so fucking frustrated and anxious right now i'm almost to the point of screaming and then just like it flicks a switch and then just (laughs) but then fucking no friend no friend it was there something wrong with the audio on your end because i tried listening to it with headphones and without and i could not hear the dude in the background that's i think that's the point okay because i was just like i'm i'm really trying to hear this and it's just it's like you know what it sounds like? It's like that, you know how when you hear someone on the phone and you're annoyed? Yeah, and yeah, that's what it feels like. It's just like, which, which, I don't want to listen to this. Because <laughs> I'm just like trying to desperately figure out what the fuck you're saying. I, I thought it was really cool, but I thought it was a shame <laughs> that you couldn't really make out what was being said. Like, if you look it up, you can kind of follow along with yeah. it. But I thought maybe it was going to turn it. up at some point. You know what I mean? Like it was going to be going in and out or something like that. Eh, no, it's just kind of in the background. And it's weird because like, yeah, it's like one of the dudes. Like it isn't Haley singing it. Yeah, it's I was like, wait, who is this? Like I, I had to check my Spotify playlist. I was like, wait, am I still listening to the same album? But then it fucking ends it with uh, Tell Me How, another fun disco-y. Caught me off guard. Yeah. Yeah, the, this one was a sort of, uh, I wrote down, a sort of a Little Dragon type joint. You know them? They have like, it's a pop stop, but very experimental. And it was just like, ooh, I see where they're going here. I think this song really works well as a last track because it's got like somber piano, but it still has that fun disco-y beat. Like, it brings together the like both kind of like the duality of the emotions. Yeah, I, I liked it. I like how they did it. And it was like, yeah, here it is. It's all in one. And it fucking, I thought it did really well of uh, kind of wrapping it all up. Uh, I ended up giving it a four. Those first four tracks, I just wasn't fucking digging it. And then and then the one track right near the end, it just really brought it down for me. But there were a lot of great points. Uh, yeah, for sure. But from there, we're going to get a bit more recent. And when I say that, I mean just last fucking week, it's... Thank you. Next, the new album by Ariana Grande. I'm just going to ask you first off, did you listen to Sweetener or did you not check that one out? Her uh, last album. No, no, I didn't. Okay, well, uh, as someone who did, I just want to give you a little bit of my overall impressions uh, from Sweetener going into this album. I would compare this album to the second season of Stranger Things. I really loved the first season, a.k.a. Sweetener. And was half excited, half weary when I heard there was going to be a follow-up. Because I thought the first season of Stranger Things was as good as it could get. 
I thought it wrapped up everything. I thought it was a very solid project. Uh, then I was like, well, I don't know what more you can really do. And the second season didn't do a lot to expand upon the first season and didn't have nearly as many memorable and enjoyable moments. And the excitement wore off throughout the listen slash watch. At times, I felt like this almost was like a compilation of songs that didn't make the cut from Sweetener. Like it was almost like a B-Sides. But then I look it up and see that the songs were all written after that album. So that couldn't be the case. I thought Sweetener was really good. There are a lot of songs off that album that I still, they're still in heavy rotation for me. Songs that aren't even big hits. But I was not feeling anywhere near as close with this album. And that's a big shame. But it's like, it's, again, like the second season of Stranger Things, it's like people were excited for it. But... I don't really know if anyone was really asking for it. Like, if you've got stuff to say and you and you want to put this album out and you've got a lot on your mind and a lot on your plate and you want to get it out there, that's fine. I respect that. It wasn't that good. I actually... I oh, had a change no. of heart. I had a Here we go! <laughs> Here we fucking go! This is so weird! <laughs> <laughs> you dug it! Yeah, like the first time I listened to it, I was like, ah, do we have to do this? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. First listen through, I wasn't as big on the Paramore album as I was the second time. <laughs> what the fuck happened right now? What's going on? I don't know. Because, like, I, I was legit thinking, like, I heard the way, I don't know. It was something about the way you you were talking about it that was like, Oh great! We're gonna we're gonna be at odds over this one because this is the the big album that's out right now. So I'm pretty sure everyone's gonna be like, "Oh yeah, you know Ariana's got it right now. You know, untouchable." And I'm gonna look like the asshole. <laughs> and then I listened to it that second time, and it, the lyrics came together. They clicked for me. I listened to Imagine again, and I really understood. Like I, I really paid attention when she got to the breakdown. When you have the build up, and it's like. Then she gets to like the imagine point, and it's like it's like there's there's so much playing with the music and the time during the buildup, and then when it gets to the hook, and there's like the imagine, and then it's like there's just like dead space sort of for you, like there, she's literally letting giving you time to imagine, you know, like man, if we were just together, and oh my god, with the buildup, and then when it builds up to the lyric of I just want to put my face in your neck or something like that, I was just like, oh, I was. Feeling it, and like like I said, when it has the um at the end where you just she's just saying the word imagine, and it's just like there's not that many lyrics, but it's not about the lyrics at that at that point. It's about all the buildup that's happening in the music, and it's like that's what I'm talking about when I say like it's okay to have like simple lyrics and stuff like that, but there's got to be something else going on. You know what I mean? And I really felt like that was happening there. Needy, we got into that song, and it was like like it was like you know what it was? It was halfway through the album. When it got to that point and I heard the, um, excuse me, I, I guess the, the, the new thing on albums is, uh, uh, you know, it's not skits necessarily. It's, uh, uh, um, what do you call it? Ever since Kendrick Lamar, it's voicemail. That's the new thing. Oh, yeah, you got to have the little sample of someone talking to you. Yeah, because that does come up a few times. Yeah, exactly. So when it happened, it kind of made me go like, hey, what was going on there? Like, what did that, you know, it makes you want to pay attention again, you know? Like, oh, wait, was there something I was missing? And then as I really listened to it, like, I'm listening to, because you know what it was? I didn't like Seven Rings that much. And I don't like Ariana Grande when she's doing the braggadocious type of tracks, because it's just like, she doesn't have the, 
like, and it's not even not the vocal strength because, like, she does have vocal strength. It's like she, I don't. If the word is like she's not convincing, like I just don't believe she's that badass chick. Neither do I. Um, and when that single first dropped and the music video dropped, I wasn't wild about it. But yeah. the more I listened to it on here, like the second or third time I listened to it, I appreciated the song more than I did initially. Lyrics wise, I'm not the big, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I think it's everything else that is kind of going on. Now, what's interesting about it though is that the as I listened to this album, it sort of informed those braggadocious tracks, right? Oh, okay. So I'm listening to it, and it's like, like I said, when you get to needy, you know, I I, I said uh, this this song actually feels like the heart of the album. Um, I, that's why I kind of hated that it was so short. That was the part where you get the build up with the strings at the end, and then it just kind of stops. And it's like, but wait, what are you doing? Where are you going? Stop! <laughs> what are you doing? Stop! <laughs> and um, well, the the typical thing is like, oh, you know, girls that are needy, they're always you know texting too much and this, that, and the third. But you know what she says is like, if you take too long to hit me back, I can't promise you how I'll react. But all I can say is, at least I'll wait for you. And lately I've been on a roller coaster trying to get hold of my emotions, but all I know is I need you close. And it's just like, it humanized that usually stereotyped character in a way that was just like, oh, what we see on the other end is like, you know, oh, this girl's really needy. But what you're not seeing is like, the, I'm trying not to contact this person and just rely on them, but it's it's really hard. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like it humanized that. Oh, and this part almost made me cry, man. She's like, sorry if I'm up and down a lot. Sorry that I think I'm not enough. And, and, and it was the way, like, the music sort of, like, opened up to allow this moment to happen where she says, and sorry if I say sorry way too much. It was just like, oh, Ariana, come here. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, baby. It's okay. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> We're having the exact opposite because I wasn't feeling the first couple tracks on this one. Wow. Imagine is my lowest rated song on the album. No love. Ending a track by saying the word imagine 21 times, that got on my fucking nerves. Uh. Like, I really liked, like, the concept and the ideas in the song were sweet. Till I'm asleep on your chest, love how my face fits so good in your neck. That's a great line. <laughs> that is a great line. And in my opinion, it could have been a smash fucking single if it were more upbeat, but it's a yeah. bit too simple musically and it gets really boring with how repetitive it is for okay, me i could see it i could see it i could see it definitely like for a song that's only three and a half minutes this felt so much longer like if i were uh, the the couple times i re-listened to it i honestly skipped right ahead to needy because i was like i don't need to hear imagine again w whenever i did hear the songs right uh where she's bragging uh the next song uh as a big point of fact nasa you know it's like oh i'm gonna brag i'm gonna you know I don't even care. And it's just like, it so has either I'm not over it or I'm just not that convincing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm with you there. But the thing about it is, what's interesting is that as I paid attention to the songs that were more of the heart of what was going on, it kind of made the flexing seem like the fact that it wasn't that good kind of felt like it was part of it. Like, yeah, oh, she's yeah. not that good at convincing you that she's a badass. Because she isn't. Didn't you just hear the last song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was just like, it kind of ironically helped. <laughs> if I were to argue heart of the album, I would say that it's Ghostin'. Oh, man. Oh. Oh, man. Ghostin'. Okay. 
in my opinion, is the best song on the album lyrically. Can, can we have a discussion a, a little bit about it? Because there, there's a bit of like what that song is actually about. At first I was like, I thought the song was going to be about how she's going through stuff. So she has to leave her boyfriend because she doesn't want him dealing with the fact that she won't be able to treat him right in the relationship, right? Like maybe there's an something that she's still not over, some issue that she's still dealing with that won't allow her to, you know, give herself to him fully in a relationship. But then as the verse went on, she was like, um, you do it so well, you've been so understanding, you've been so good, and I'm putting you more than you ever should. I'm hating myself because you don't want to admit that it hurts you too. There's, especially like I said on Needy, there's this sense of like, Maybe not um, mental illness necessarily, but like certainly like something that requires therapy that she's going through. Like an issues with abandonment or something, you know, there's just something where she needs someone. And but with this person, she's rejecting them for someone else. And what I like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I was thinking that it maybe was like, maybe there's something that she's going through and he's trying to be, you know, best boyfriend he can. But it's just like, she just recognizes, like, I see that it's hurting you and you're too good of a guy to let me know that it's hurting you. So I'm going to be the one to break it off. I know it breaks your heart when I cry over him. I know that it breaks your heart when I cry instead of ghosting him. And so I'm like, wait, instead of ghosting him? So you're not ghosting this person. Oh, wait, so who are you ignoring? Wait, you're not ignoring the guy. That uh, What? You know? And so I was just like, I was just sort of confused halfway through the track. I was like... I got to admit that my thought of the song was influenced by something I had read before I had listened to the song. That people were speculating that it was about Mac and how Mac's death influenced her relationship with Pete. With P oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I'd heard. In that case, it would be the uh, moving on from the memory of, you know, getting over uh, the death. That's weirdly worded. Cause, uh, maybe that's why I don't think Maybe it's like a Michael Jackson is. thing where she's, like, trying to word it so that you can interpret that it's about my personal situation, but I want to make it so that it's not exactly a one-to-one -one comparison, so I'm going to throw some things off. There are a couple times on the album where that kind of... You know, this could be this uh, does come up, and the uh, the other instance it comes up where it's not done in the song, but it's done in the video. Uh, Break up with your girlfriend, I'm bored. A track I just did not like, but I yeah, that one needed to go. Ha why you would end the album with the two big singles and then this sneaky third single that no one fucking cares for? Uh, originally, she had said uh, on Twitter like. Originally, there was going to be a way more emotional song, but last minute, we were like, eh, that's a bit much. Let's do something lighter. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was riding with you. I, I was like, yes, take me to that more emotional place. Don't fucking cop out like that with this, ooh, break up with the girlfriend. It's like, what are you doing, you know? <laughs> In the video, she's actually saying, oh, break up with the girlfriend because I want to be with her instead. But... When you fucking listen to the lyrics, none of that applies to the video. It doesn't go in that direction at all, which could imply that this is all just queer baiting, which would be disappointing. That's what I was thinking about. If that's the case. Um, because I definitely got that vibe of, you know, Ariana wants people talking, but, you know, people are like, oh, is she hinting towards her sexuality? No, I don't think so. I honestly don't think so. I think this was just to get people talking, which is kind of annoying. It, there was another thing where it was like um, on Thank You Next which is sort of like the magnum opus of the album. 
people got that misconstrued because people can't listen to lyrics and understand what's <laughs> actually being said where she says her name is Ari and people thought she said Aubrey. I, what? That I, was silly. I will say on that one, that was kind of unfair because I think when it first came out, iTunes had the lyric as Aubrey. Did they? That didn't help, yeah. I, the first time I listened to the song, I picked up on it being Ari immediately. Yeah, see, because it makes more sense to me because the song specifically about exes, it it feels like there's more emotional weight to the idea of saying, and the person I'm in love with is me. And I, I don't need anyone right now. All I need is myself. Yeah, that's what I got from that. Yeah, for it to be the sort of, oh, I found someone and it's a girl. That feels kind of fake girl powery to me. And who knows? You know, maybe all this is like Demi Lovato's Cool for the Summer, you know, yeah. where she fucking drops the song in the music video and people are like, well, and then like years later, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm totally like, bye, whatever. It's like, oh, OK. But I hated so, it at first when she was saying that, dude, I'll never fucking forgive the fucking, oh, but, uh, you know, I could be referring to Cherry Pie. Lots of people like Cherry Pie. I'm like, dude, I, I still quote that video where she says. <laughs> You know, the great thing about music is that it has a lot of different meanings. And, you know, the song could be about a piece of cake. I love cake. And <laughs> just like, shut the fuck up. Get Stop out of here. insulting my intelligence. <laughs> oh, but like this, like if that's the case here and this is like a little tease, a little wink and a nod to something down the road. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> I just hate the dumb double speak because what it feels to me is that it does. It, it feels partially like you're insulting me, but partially like maybe they can't come out and say something, something because a PR department said, "Well, let's make it ambig ambiguous so we can get the dollar without necessarily staking any sort of a uh, claim." Because if you say you're actually this or that then you actually have to stand with this or that issue. And we don't want to do that. You know what I mean? Now that you mention that, a really small side conversation, a small discussion, a topic I'd seen on Twitter that got a few people talking was that Troy Sivan had said in an interview, uh, I wonder if I would be more successful or like my stuff would be performing better if I wasn't gay. And people were like, well, fucking Elton John and Freddie Mercury and Get Sam that Smith. Shit out of my face. All the all these people are gay and they do fine. See, here's the difference though. If you actually pay attention, tell me when or at least how early in their careers just Elton John <laughs> and Freddie Mercury and especially <laughs> Sam Smith. Fucking Troy Sivan on that album Bloom, which I don't really hear a lot of people talking about. I really liked that album. He specifically, explicitly is like, boy, this. And, like, he lets you know that these songs are about other guys. There, There is a big hit song in there about anal sex. And no, <laughs> that's not going to get radio play in 2018, unfortunately. And people were fucking dogging him for this and being like, ah, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. It's like... No, nah, motherfucker's got a point. Like, sure, his stuff is very popular, but it's not getting the radio play because people aren't fucking ready for that yet. No matter how much they act like, oh, we're all four like queer artists or whatever. It's like, yeah. As long as they're chicks that are hot. <laughs> maybe you're right. Like, maybe Ariana doesn't want to make it, you know, black or white, very cut and dry issue like that. And, that, and that's possible. But at the same time, I don't know. 
like, I'm just a dude on a podcast, so it's hard for me to really know what all's going on. But from the perception and the way she presents herself on social media, it makes it seem like she's very in control of her shit. So I would imagine if she wanted to just come out and say it, she yeah, would just yeah, come yeah. out and say it. And again, like, Ariana Grande is like fucking top three fucking big names right now. Like, I don't really know how much it would hurt. Because at this point, if you're already an established act like she is, you know, it's very rare that you're going to be taking steps back. Troy is still on that way up. There's still a really big segment of that American population that ain't trying to hear it. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially if you're being very, very blunt. Yeah, like, in the thing, yeah, like if you're in a pop song space where you're trying to get the most amount of eyes and ears, you ain't got time to say things that are as controversial or do things that are as controversial, you know? So I could understand if maybe there's like a, eh. But, you know, it's not, if that's not necessarily the case either, then it's just like, whatever, you know. Going back to the album, though, uh, NASA, it was the one song on the album that reminded me the most of Sweetener because uh, Sweetener was a lot of fun. The songs are very bouncy and lively. Uh, Pharrell Williams did a lot of production on that album, and boy, oh boy, could this album could have used Pharrell. I missed his presence on this album. But instead, we get Max Martin on a few tracks, who <laughs> um, I really liked Max Martin's production on No Tears Left to Cry. I thought he did great on that one. So what were when you I heard for Bloodline? Bloodline was what I was about to say. I gotta hand it to Max. The production on that song was, was really good. To, yeah, and that, it reminded that was one of the... me. It reminded okay. me of his production on Sweetener. Actually, it, mm. it sounded a lot like it. Um, very full, very lush. Yeah, I thought that was that was when I really started to pay attention. Like that was when I was like, okay. And when I was really paying attention, to what she was saying, I don't want you in my bloodline. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hey, I just want to have a good time. I was like, I, I, I feel you, I feel you. I, I will say, though, ever since the almost too high of pitch notes in Imagine, Ariana's been coasting. What was the one track uh, in my head, I think? There's one track where she, she gives you a little hint of the head voice. It was interesting how she used it as if, like, it was a, it, just for an affect for the song. You know, it's like, it's like, in my head. <laughs> like I was like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. It was very sparse, but it was it, it mattered when she used it, you know. And I would have liked in my head more, but it just sounded like just fucking generic trap, and like the production really wasn't that great. There's a lot of hip hop inspired. There's a lot of trap, SoundCloud, hip hop inspired stuff that that feels like they're like, oh, we're, we're tapping into the zeitgeist of the times. And it mainly shows on the brag tracks, which is, I think it's Seven Rings, the the one with my favorite things, you know. Yeah, I just wasn't feeling that one. It's just, she doesn't sell overconfident to me. But like I said, maybe it's the fucking, <laughs> maybe that's the point. But I did like the oh, thing in the background. That was kind of cool. <laughs> um, Production on Seven Rings is definitely good. I like the production on it. She, she said of the song, this is the the thing that made me kind of think about it. She said, Seven Rings is like just a flex. It's a friendship anthem. It's how the homies want you to feel. And I was like, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like 
you know, feigned bravado to sort of placate your friends. Like, hey, look, I'm doing fine, man. I'm all right. Yeah, that's right. We are going to buy all these fucking, ooh, whoever says money can't buy happiness hasn't had as much money as I had. <laughs> and it's just like, you could just see the facade just about to crack. Bloodline was dope as shit. Rocking fucking trumpets. Uh, bad idea was... When I first heard that song, I wasn't sure what she was saying. I was just about to bring up Bad Idea because I'm kind of half and half on that one. I was like, it sounded like like was there, it sounded like there was like a mumbled extra syllable somewhere in there. And it's just like, Bad Idea is just, I don't know, something about the melody and the placement of the words. It just didn't sound good. Bad Idea. You know, yeah, like that. it is a bad idea. And it's like, it just <laughs> felt... I don't know, like, for it to be repeated that many times on the song, it yeah. was not a good enough hook for that to work, you know? And then when at the end they, like, slowed it down, it was just like, okay, guys, please stop this song. <laughs> Bad idea did not have to be four and a half minutes. That could have been, like... That was a not-as-well-thought-out plan. When I heard the production, like, by itself towards the end, I was like, man, if this was, like, an instrumental in interlude, like, I probably would have liked right, this better. Right, yeah, cause... yeah, yeah. But the vocals they put on top of it. <laughs> yeah, when, when Ariana talks about, like, I've got a bad idea, wink, wink, it's like, we fucking heard songs like Dangerous Woman and Side to Side. That's exactly what I was thinking. You already did Dangerous Woman. We know you want to fuck. Like You've been doing the fucking double entendre, wink winks, like little side glances. We all know what's going on. You've done this shit so much better than this. To talk up sex as just, I've got a bad idea. Like, uh, Do ya? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, are you? Yeah. Or are you a bad girl? Like, you know, like, oh, it reminded me of that Camilla, Camilla Cabello song with MGK. I only want to do bad things to you. Ooh, Oof. I want to do bad things. Like, here's an odd coincidence that only happens every so often on the show. We got Paramore with Fake Happy. And then we got Ariana with fake smile. The parallels. Mm. What's happening? Who's writing this show? I demand to know. <laughs> this is the Duck Amuck episode where we go, who's doing this? <laughs> you pull back, you see Todd in the shadows editing oh, episode. Shit. <laughs> Ain't I a stinker? <laughs> oh my God, please. Someone draw that. I want that. <laughs> a fucking fan art. No, but I gotta say, Paramore fucking did this better. Man, like... On this one, like, I, I absolutely agree. Ariana has been through a lot. And on the last album, when like, when you say that she wanted to end this album with, like, a big emotional track, Sweetener, the last track on the album, was, like, a tribute to, like, the people that died in that concert where she was performing. Like, it was like, wow, yeah, you're right. She has been through a lot. Like, fuck the breakups, fuck the, like, the engagement or whatever. Like, she was witness and survived a terrorist attack. When you put it into that perspective, it's like, yeah, this young lady, she has endured. Ariana Grande had to deal with the terrorist attack. Fucking 21 Savage had to deal with uh, being detained by ICE. The pop stars of today, what are we putting them through? What's going on? <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the can't believe what the media has to say about me type songs from from, from these pop acts. Uh, yeah, see, I'll put it to you like this. Lyrically, this was another one of those tracks that that lyrically wasn't as tight. But when I heard that beat... Yes. Man. You, I, 
So remember the first listen, I didn't like this album as much for the first four tracks. Mm. And then it's almost as if Ariana was like, oh, oh you don't like this album, do you? Little little too poppy for your taste, you say. Let me let me turn up the heat a bit. <laughs> Wu Tang sample, bitch. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, god damn it! Ariana Grande uses the logic Wu Tang trump card, <laughs> and it's super effective. <laughs> I was like, God fucking damn it! Because oh man, there were a couple of transitions like between hooks and like uh. Uh, verses where you just hear how the beat would transition and it was so fucking cool. I was just like, oh my God. She did not need to be rapping or doing whatever she did on that last part. This needed an Onika, a cupcake, fucking uh, Jamie Summers, get that fucking Wu-Tang reference in there. This needed like a female rapper that was like gonna like bring some shit on that final fucking part. You know what I'm saying? Makeup. Dude, I thought this was one of the best tracks on the album. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's not even three minutes? Right, I kind of got the um, hold up, they don't love you like I love you type of vibe. You know that Beyonce? Oh like, yeah, you kind of heard the sense going on like that. Yeah, the little watery sense, you know. I liked how there was a lot of variation in Ariana's vocals. Like she didn't just sound like she was going through the motions, which she unfortunately does on a lot of these tracks. At least that's what I got. I really do like "Thank You Next." Like that's yeah, probably uh, my favorite dude, song in the album. It, that was one of those songs that made sense with the album. At first, I didn't like the song as much. I was just like, eh, it, it feels a little bit like, because uh, she says the names of all the people she was dating. And I was just like, this feels a little for, for the headlines -y, you know? Ooh, going to get the people talking by saying the names of the people that you date. You know, it's like. And that's what I thought when I heard the song originally. I thought like, okay, this is going to be like a deluxe edition of sweetener you know like an extra bonus single so then when i heard like oh there's gonna be a whole album around that i was like oh i don't know if i want that <laughs> you know like that might be a bit too much but dude when it um, came together like when you get to that song it's just like oh i get like i understand the emotional depth of like because at first you know i heard the song it sounds very curt you know thank you next you know but then you listen to the verses and it's like but she actually sounds very grateful and then you kind of pay attention. It's like, what it is is sort of like, at least what I got from it is a sort of like, I learned things from all these relationships and I'm going to understand and be mature about the fact that like these things needed to happen. So I'm not going to be angry, but I'm not going to be wallowing in it either. You know, so it's like, thank you, but I'm moving on now. You know, and it was like, th that felt so like mature when I really thought about it. Putting it this late in the album was definitely a good choice. Not leading with it, like, yeah, it wouldn't I, have made as much sense. I feel like sometimes w when an artist puts, like, the big hit later, they're doing something. That's definitely fucking BDE. That's a fucking flex. When yeah, it's like, like, like this is the Lamar, big single, you know. and I'm not leading with it. Yeah, when fucking, like, when when uh, Humble was, like, halfway through the album, like... That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, it's halfway through the album, you, you, but you have to fucking sit through fucking DNA. That's gonna hit you first, <laughs> and you're not even gonna be fucking ready for that shit. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Um, in, in my head, we were talking about favorite tracks. I had forgotten about this. In my head was my favorite lyrically. Oh, my goodness. Was it? Hmm. I liked the concept of the, you know, like, uh making up a person in your head and then projecting that idea onto someone and they're not exactly that person, but in yeah. in your head, the, in your fucking head canon, you know? Well, yeah. yeah. And, and it was cool because it kind of tied into Ghostin' with that little skit. Yep. 
right? Because it's like, you know, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I really want, and that's what I thought. Like when I first listened to it, it was just like, I really want this person that I used to be with, and it's hurting, it's tearing up this person that I'm with right now. But her friend calls and goes like, "Yo, you've got an imagination of what you think this other person is. There's a reason why you left him. I'm coming over. You need to fucking understand right now." Makeup into ghost and into in my head is pretty dope. It sets up the song. And so that when she says certain lyrics like, uh, I invented you and uh, I painted a picture and I thought I drew you well, you know, it's just like, my, unfortunately, my imagination is too creative. <laughs> I was like, I love little things like that. Like I said, it was one of those things like lyrically, this one was head and shoulders above the rest. As when she says, they see Cain and I see Abel. When she repeated that line at first, I thought it was just like, you know, just a, a reference to just like one guy was good and one guy is bad. But then I kind of thought about, oh, wait, wasn't one, didn't one kill the other specifically? Like, but then you have the name of like Cain as in cocaine and then someone being able to do something, you know? So like someone having the ability to have potential to move on. So it's like my friends are seeing the cocaine that's keeping this guy down. But all I'm seeing is his potential, you know? That's what I'm thinking. I was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, and she says, uh, I wanted you to grow, but you weren't budding. Everything you are made you everything you aren't. And I was just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like, ah, man, I thought that shit was nice. This shit really surprised me, man. I was really caught off guard, but I really wish it hadn't ended with fucking break up with your girlfriend. I'm bored. Come on, man. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <sighs> Overall, I got a three, which was less than I expected. Uh, what did you come up with? Uh, you know, I, I, I gave it a four and a half. When I realized how it came together as a project, I was just like, oh, these are just so She's going through a journey. You know what I mean? And I felt like that journey was really great, except for the times that were kind of corny. But then, even then, I was just like, but I kind of see the value in it. You know what I mean? Um, like, to the point where it's like, I could forgive, like, I could see people excusing every song that I think is not as good up until Break Up With Your Girlfriend on Board. <laughs> and there's still going to be people defending that one. It's like, okay, what the fuck ever. Yeah, it's kind of like, all right, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, all those songs, like you're saying, like, they're flex songs, but it's like, I just, she doesn't have the bravado. She doesn't have the the delivery to pull that off, you know? Like, I'm not, I wasn't convinced anytime she was talking about, oh, I'm a bad bitch. And it's like, and I know she's a millionaire. Like, it's, you know, like, it's not that I don't think she actually can buy all the things she's saying. When Ariana Grande says, you like my hair, gee, thanks, just bought it. It's like, well, A, I 100% believe you when you say that. But like, also, I don't get the, ooh, yeah, fuck it. Like, I didn't really get a reaction from that line. But I think like if Cardi someone B with more... could have sold something like that a little better. Yes. You know? Yeah, it would have been like, yeah. But it's like, eh. <laughs> Especially when it's so low key, like yeah, the delivery. Yeah, it's a little slow, yeah. It's like bo borderline whisper almost. Mm -hmm. And it's again like Ariana Grande. She's shown time and time again her fucking vocal range, her ability. And man, it's like it just wasn't on here oh, a you lot. Think she didn't, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think she was holding back. Mm. And like again, you know, that's up to you, you know? If if you thought the like like what you had said, the uh, the personal journey, the things you had to say, uh the things you have to get off your chest, that that was the energy that was necessary for these tracks, and that's fine. But I don't know. A lot of the time I just thought that the songs could have used that extra oomph, you know, either either it be the production 
or singing with a little bit more enthusiasm. Enthusiasms. But that about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Going Off Podcast. Big thanks to our folks requesting the albums on Patreon. Once again, those links are patreon.com slash rapcritic and patreon.com slash muse. Check out either page for details to see how you could request an album to be talked about on the show. You can follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on YouTube, listen to our old episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube for the most part. Check us out on Teespring to see what slick merch we have available. And until next time for the Going Off Podcast, I'm Muse. And I'm Rap Critic. And in 20 years, when everybody's giving their roses to Janelle Monae and going, oh my god, greatest, best artist of our generation, don't say I didn't fucking tell y'all asses to give, the, give those flowers to her right now. I'm just saying. Don't say I didn't tell you.